over this last week. I've been fascinated by a few stories in the news. There's, there's probably been about three or four sort of people who are in, in very high public positions, both here and overseas, who've been accused of fairly serious wrongdoing. And in all of the accounts, these people have done all that they can to avoid taking responsibility. In some cases, in complete denial, saying it just didn't happen. But other times, even when a lot of evidence has been presented saying you actually did a really bad thing, they've either just kind of dismissed it or come out, you know, as, as you often hear, with sort of ways of just saying, well, it wasn't actually me, you know, kind of the classic ways of I just, I just misspoke or it was an error of judgment. It wasn't actually me that did wrong. It was just a mistake. And it's so often these, these things come up. And it just reminded me so much when we were reading this gospel of this one man who is trying everything he can to, to present himself as being perfect. You know, I fast, I give money. And the, the great contrast of the other man who just stands in absolute truth. I think most of us, and the vast majority of our world, stands in the position of that first character. You know, we, we live in a, a cosmetic world. Our world is all about appearance. People do all that they can to manage appearance. You know, even with, with large business firms, you've got companies managing your, the appearance of your company. You may, have, you may be the most evil company in the world, but we can twist and manipulate, you know, how people see you so that you suddenly look saintly. Um, we do this everywhere, and it's become so much a part of our culture that I don't think we're even conscious of it anymore. You know, constantly managing how people see us. But we do this with God. We do this with God all the time. That even here, tonight as we come, without even aware of it, you're all managing your appearance. You know, we, we kind of step into church and straight away we're playing this game of the good Christians. You know, this is us, good family. If, if people could actually see what was going on inside your heads at the moment... You know, the thoughts that are ticking away while you're getting bored during the homily. Um, if we could have that projected up here on the screen, maybe. You wouldn't be around in the church for very long. We, we bury so much stuff within, to the point where I think we're even horrified of even seeing it ourselves. You know, there is so much stuff that we live in denial of. And this, this gospel always fascinates me for this purpose, because... As familiar as we are with it, I think we kind of never really allow it to impact us to the depth that it should. To really stand in the truth of who we are is an absolutely terrifying thing. You know, we, we live on the surface of our life. You know, we, on, on this kind of beautiful surface where everything is kind of manicured and nice. It's, it's a little bit like you know, a nice house with flowers and a nice garden. And yet we live in complete denial of the fact that it's built on a toxic waste tip. You know, that you only have to dig down a few metres in the soil and suddenly all this sludge is going to come out. You know, we don't like thinking about the S word, you know, sin. You know, we, we, we do everything we can to avoid it. You know, we like to have a much more optimistic, positive view of life. And once again, this is something which fascinates me about our culture. It's, it's built on this amazing optimism. 
You know that if only we try hard enough, we can create the perfect world. And yet we somehow hate the fact that there is this thing within us which constantly betrays us. There's this force within us constantly leading us to do the wrong thing. And so we bury it, we hide it, we live in denial of it. What Jesus is presenting us tonight really is a path to freedom. And I think that's the real core of what this this parable is about. Where Christianity has sadly been built on this idea of try harder. Do everything you can to appear like a saint, even if you can't be one. You know, we've actually ended up falling into the trap of the Pharisees. Jesus accused the Pharisees of being like whitewashed tombs. Completely rotten on the inside, but beautiful on the outside. Nicely painted. And I think, sadly, the church has become infected by that very idea. It was the idea that Jesus actually warned the disciples about. He said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Beware of the fact that this idea will take root and will grow and will become like a leaven, like a really bad leaven within the church. Where we'll end up trying to be the church of the righteous and the church of the perfect. And we'll come into church and we'll play games of of being the perfect families, smiling and being happy and then hoping that no one heard the arguments in the car as you were parking earlier on, you know. That we try everything we can to, to hide away the ugly stuff. We need to be able to stand in the real truth and develop a culture in the church where, where we can actually say, I'm a mess, I'm an absolute broken mess. And that this as a church would become a safe place for that. I think that's really what Jesus was trying to create. And, and that's the heart of what this story was about. But as I said, it's a terrifying thing. You know, to really stand in the truth of what goes on inside me. I don't know about you, but in, in recent years, I've tried to pay a lot more attention to what actually flits through my mind every day. You know, so many thoughts go through our minds. So many different things pop up from within, within the heart. And most of the time, we're just too busy. You know, don't think about it. Just keep on going. You know, we have this sort of ideal vision of ourselves. And if these things don't agree with the ideal vision of who I am, then I just push them away. But in recent years, I've tried to actually catch hold of these thoughts and I've been horrified by them, I've got to be honest. Yeah, they're the sort of stuff that comes up and you start to realise there is some real ugly stuff within my heart. You know, in terms of relationships, you might be working with someone who's a little bit annoying and the stuff that pops up, the different thoughts that come up, you're like, ooh, that's not the good Christian ideal of who I should be. I don't want to look at that. And so the natural thing is just to dig a hole and bury it again. But what would happen if we actually let these things sit around for a little while? What would happen if we actually allowed these thoughts to come up and say, that's actually me? As a a priest, I, I hear a lot of people talking about their sins. It's one of the strange things we do in our job, spending lots of hours in the confessional and spiritual direction and things like that. So often I've heard people talk about sin almost like it's this external force, you know. They'll say, you know, I'm being being really attacked by temptation. Or there's this sin that just keeps attacking me. 
almost like this dog that keeps jumping out of the darkness and coming at you. And, but there's something about the language we use which even there doesn't take responsibility because it's something external to me. You know, it's like the devil's throwing darts at me and if only he'd stop, I'd be a saint. It's a really hard process to come to a place of saying, well, actually, maybe that stuff's not outside of me. Maybe it's actually in here. Maybe all these horrible thoughts that come into my mind each day, they're not external temptations coming from some evil spirit. Maybe they're actually a revelation of what my heart really desires. Maybe I want to kill that person. You know, maybe I want to do that horrible thing. You know, maybe I want to go and do stuff that would probably destroy my family and, you know, scandalize everybody. To come to a point where you actually own it and you say, that's me. I actually want to do that. It is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do, coming to that place. You know, so much of what we do is actually denial and repression and blaming, you know, justifying our behaviour, saying, well, it's actually their fault. Or if, if, I, if it wasn't for them, I'd be able to love people more. But if they stop being so annoying, at some point we need to stand in the truth and say, well, actually, this is me. You know, if you look at what Jesus says in the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he's trying to call us to this. If you go back and try and read it tonight when you get home, because what he does is he tries to say it's the thought that counts. It's not just about your actions. In, in your actions, you might be perfect. You may never have killed someone. You never, may never have committed adultery. You may never have, you know, stolen stuff. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, I don't really care about that. I'm interested in what you think. Have you thought about murdering someone? Have you had anger in your heart, which has tried to steal their life from them? Have you thought about adultery? You know, have you had lustful thoughts within you? That's, that's the point where Jesus is saying, I want to go to the, to the depths of it. I'm not interested in painting the surface, these whitewashed tombs. I want, to, I want to rip open the tomb. I want to get access to that part of you that's dead, that's stinking. That's the bit I want to love. And that's the key point. He wants to love that part of you. This is the bit about Christianity which I think we don't understand. You know, getting back to this sort of cosmetic culture we live in, I think it's driven by this really deep anxiety about who we are. So much of our identity in the modern world is shaped by what you do or by what people think of you. You know, so if people think you're great, then you're great. If people think you're beautiful, then you're beautiful. And so we need to manage our appearance all the time. But there's this constant anxiety gnawing away within me that if people know who I really am, then I'm bad. I'm not going to be loved. So I need to hide these things. And, and this anxiety particularly becomes central in our relationship with God. If God really knew who I was, or if I was to really admit who I am to God, I don't think that he would love me. There's this deep anxiety that I'm not good enough in his eyes. Now th this anxiety has driven everybody in the history of the church. 
You know, that there is this constant fear of really standing in the truth of who we are. Because we're worried that he's going to condemn us. Early this week I was teaching the brothers about St. Therese Lisieux and talking about her spirituality and her theology of sin and mercy. And there's, there's one part in Therese's writings where she talks about having this absolute confidence in the love of the Father. And she talks about how when a child breaks something, you know, say that the child's wandered off into some room in the house and breaks something. And she says the first thing the child does is, is the child runs to their mother and just throws himself into their mother's lap and just says, I love you, I love you. You know, because they have this sort of confidence in the love of the mother, but they're also trying to sort of manipulate their heart a bit as well. You know, if, if, if I know that you love me, then you're not going to punish me. <laughs> But it was interesting talking to the brothers afterwards. One of the brothers said, that's so different to my country. You know, if a child broke something, the first thing the parent would do would slap them. And so the child would not run to their parent. They would run the opposite direction. You know, you would be out the house and as far as you could because you knew what was coming. And I've just been thinking about that the last few days, about... There is this anxiety with God. There's this deep fear that if we were to actually come to God and say, God, I actually really want to sin right now. In fact, let me tell you about what I want to do and how much I want to enjoy it. There's this fear that God's going to just not talk to us. You know, that, that God is going to condemn us or just push us away and say, you are not my son. But we need to realize that it's actually the complete opposite. And and as I said, this is the part of Christianity we we don't understand. That what Jesus is trying to say is that it's actually when we come in the absolute truth of who we are, that's when we are embraced. That's when the Father actually draws us deeper into himself. And he says, I know. I understand. And I understand why you want to do that. I understand the hunger of your heart. I understand the loneliness I understand the deep pain that's causing you to go and do that. He he draws us deeply into himself and that's where the healing comes. So I want to encourage you to try to do this. As I said, it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And it, it may well take you years to actually get to the point of being able to do it. But I want to encourage you to try and start. You know, to to just little bit by little bit start to Catch the truth of what's going on inside of you. Those disturbing thoughts, those little moments where your heart goes after something and instead of pushing it away, actually kind of stop it and say, God, this is me. This is who I actually am. This is how I think. This is what I desire. And I need your help. That's when we can actually stand like this tax collector and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's where the transformation comes. You know, it's, it's when our deepest brokenness meets the compassion of the Father, that's where our sin just dissolves. It vanishes. Because when it, when it actually meets mercy and love, then there is no need to sin anymore. The reason we sin is because we are craving love. It's because our hearts are so hungry, so desperate, 
We're prepared to go and eat garbage because we've never actually known the real thing. What Jesus is calling us to is to actually discover the love of God by bringing our ugliness to him. And that's where the transformation comes. I think the, the only real way to understand this is really by looking at something like marriage. You know, marriage is, is very similar to this when it kind of reaches something of what it's meant to be. Because it's where you've got someone who knows you so completely and so well, they can look at you and say, I know everything about you. And in fact, you are an absolutely horrendously horrible person. But I want to spend the rest of my life with you. There is something very healing about that. Yeah, and, and I've heard this from many friends over the years. I remember one friend who was, was really quite twisted up in himself, you know, because it was this whole anxiety of, you know, trying to bury all this stuff that he hated about himself. And I remember he met this beautiful woman and got married, and it was actually during the wedding reception he stood up and he said, never underestimate the healing power of love. That when someone can see that horrible part of who you are and accept it and love it, it vanishes. It just disappears. That's what Jesus is calling us into. And that's really, I think, the beauty of this, this year of mercy. If we can come in truth. So even here tonight as we come to the Eucharist, you know, what, we, what we're doing here is we're inviting Jesus into the very depth of who we are. I want to invite you as we prepare in these next few minutes just to be aware of the, the mess, the ugliness, the toxic waste that is our sin. All that confusion and mess that's inside of us and just say, Lord, I need you to love me as I am.